Hey, this is Stevie Rochelle from Top End Metal Sludge, your favorite website. You are locked and loaded on the Music Mania Podcast. You're ready for some screaming heavy metal! We rock! But the evil that men do... Clinton! We gonna bang your You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast, brought to you by CD Warehouse in Gladstone, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest, featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here's your host, Clint Schweitzer. Ladies and gentlemen, it is 2019, and the Music Mania Podcast is back in action. It is our first show of the new year. I am back in the country and uh, ready to roll for this new year as we go off into the stratosphere, leaving 2018 behind. Just back from a uh, Caribbean cruise that I took with my family um, over the holidays. It was tremendous. From the Bahamas to St. Martin and St. Thomas, the beautiful water, the unforgettable weather. There's no if you're from Missouri like me, you've got to get out of <laughs> you got to get out of town and get somewhere warmer during the winter at least once to survive. So that's what I've been up to. But I am back with two huge guests on this show as we're going to be talking to Last in Line and former Rating the Rock Vault singer Andrew Freeman. We're going to talk to him about what's up, what happened with Rating the Rock Vault. To me, one of the great shows in Vegas. Andrew Freeman was a singer in that show for, I believe, over a thousand shows. He was there for for, uh, several years, uh, part of that outfit. But no longer there. We're going to ask him what's up with that and what's going on with the new Last in Line album. Everybody was uh, such a fan. It was critical and fan response was tremendous for the first Last in Line album, which was called Heavy Crown. The second one, Last in Line 2, will be um, coming out. February 22nd, there's a lot of buzz already, anticipation for this one. Uh, a lot of you have seen the video for Landslide uh, that's been on YouTube now for uh, about a month. Guys, last in line, you know, we've had every member of that band on this show. Um, we've had Vinny Apice, Vivian Campbell. Um, we've even had Phil Susan, the, the bassist that took over for Jimmy Bain when he passed away. We're going to be talking to Andrew about um, things like the perceived rivalry between last in line and the dio disciples is that real kind of what happened there um i know there's been some mudslinging from guys like uh, ripper owens uh, and vivian campbell back and forth so we're going to see what that's all about got some really good stuff coming up with andrew freeman just a good dude and a tremendous singer really brings life uh to all those dio songs when they play them live in addition to that you know this is their second album they got a lot more original material to draw upon and uh, everybody's really excited about this upcoming release and in our second interview we're going to be talking to cody hansen he is the drummer and founding member of the band Hinder. We're going to be talking to him about everything between uh, the the latest album, which is The Rain, the new album that they have in the can that's going to be coming up in 2019, the tour that they're currently on uh, with Soil, the drummer that they had with their singer, Austin Winkler, their new singer, Marshall Dutton, all the drama that occurred 
how the song Lips of an Angel changed the band, changed their lives forever, the, the album Extreme Behavior, everything between then and now, uh, how Hinder kind of got lumped in with all the uh, kind of vanilla-sounding um, rock bands of the early 2000s, you know, bands like Breaking Benjamin, Rev Theory, Theory of a Dead Man, and see how Hinder has come out on, on the other side, and they released what was a really good album back in 2017, The Rain. If they can keep that momentum going. Uh, on their latest release when that comes out. So going to have a lot to talk about on this show. Two great guests to bring in the new year with. And before we get to our interview with Andrew Freeman, got to talk to you about our sponsor, CD Warehouse in Gladstone, Missouri. Guys, they buy, sell, and trade CDs, DVDs, vinyl, and more. Do not let the vibe of the old school record store go by the wayside. They're located at 2504 Northeast 57th Terrace in Gladstone. Or give them a call at 816-455-2130. Guys, tell the owner, Randy Ringer, that Music Mania sent you, and they will give you a discount, or it's on us. CD Warehouse in Gladstone, a staple of the Northland for over 22 years. Well, Andrew, it has been years in the making. Welcome to the Music Mania podcast, my friend. How's it going? I know everybody's still kind of in a, in a holiday spirit. Uh, Christmas music probably still playing in a lot of people's homes and on the radio, man. What What is your thoughts? Are you, are you a fan of Christmas music? Well, yeah, I, I, I love Christmas stuff, man. It, I guess it depends on what it is, you know. If, you know, when people do covers of stuff, it, it's kind of, it gets kind of weird. But I, I definitely like big, like when the, the Kinks did Father Christmas and, and you know, um, the John Lennon Christmas song, songs, the Paul McCartney Christmas songs. When they write original stuff, it's kind of cool, you know? Oh, well, and uh, Twisted Sister, uh, Oh Come All Ye Faithful, and Silver Bells. I mean, you're forgetting a few I classics here. <laughs> yeah. Well, man. yeah when, they write, when they write original stuff, you know? Right, they, I got gotcha. you. It's a little weird, yeah. yeah. Well, I like that when they do like something original, that's kind of cool, you know? Different. Well, I tell you, uh, this is a busy time of year for everyone, and certainly for you, because I want to get in the last in line in just a minute, because um, such a huge fan of this project. and But, you know, this is... You know, this is not all that you have going on. You've just, uh, talk about this project Devil's Hand because you've just released that album through Frontiers. Um, this thing is awesome. I just checked this out. There, you guys, you've got videos on YouTube. Talk about how this came about and what, you know, what exactly is Devil's Hand? Uh, it's uh, just a project I did with uh, Mike Slammer, uh, who was uh, in a band called City Boy back in the 70s. And uh, he, you might know him. It depends on how you know him. If you're a prog guy, you kind of know him from playing with Steve Walsh in Kansas. Uh, they had a band called Streets, I believe it was in the 80s. Uh, but he, uh, in, in the metal world, in the rock world, the hard rock world, he's known for being the guy who played on all the guitar solos on the first Warrant record. Um, uh, so he's, you know, master guitar player and just a great songwriter. He's another one who just does everything, you know. He did all the instrumentation on the record. Um, it came about, Frontiers contacted me about doing a, a project, I think it was about six months after the Last of Mine record came out, the first one. And uh, it was a couple different people before that that kind of fell out. And then about two years, maybe a year and a half into, you know, discussions about it, uh, Mike came into the scene, so... Um, and we just, we didn't really work in the same place. He sent me a lot of music tracks and I just wrote lyrics for him. So I think there was only, uh, one track on the record that I didn't write on. So, um, but you know, I tracked everything here at my house in Las Vegas in my studio and he did all the music at his place in, uh, in California. I think he's by, uh, more Northern California, like Acton, you know, between LA and San Francisco. So that's the beauty of recording these days, Andrew. You don't even have to be in the same room with people that you may not like. No. It's great. It's great stuff. You just... Skype yeah, and everything fan, it's else. Fantastic. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you can take your time. If you don't like something, you know, usually you go in, you try to get it done. 
studio time costs all this money. If you don't get it done in, you know, an hour or two, it's, you know, it costs more money. But now I can just kind of, if I'm not, if I'm not liking what I'm doing, I could not do it for a week. You know what I mean? And come back to it another time. So what, so. what, um, this, this came out just uh, a couple weeks ago, December 7th. Uh, where, what's the best place for people to get this? I know uh, Amazon's got it digitally. What's the best place for people to, to get this Devil's Hand album? Frontiers does a great job promoting this stuff, you know, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, Amazon or uh, or iTunes uh, is probably the easiest way to get it for downloads. Um, but you can, I think you can order from their site. You can order the, the if you want a hard copy of the CD, um, you can order it from uh, the Frontiers website. Well, it's just great stuff. I've always been a huge fan of your vocals, and I'm not just saying that. I mean, you 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 did once hit on my girlfriend at a Rating the Rock Vault show, sitting front row. Uh, I did. Ba- yeah, you did the you did the David Lee Roth part um, during Jump. You said, "Baby, how you been?" to to my girlfriend. It was in the front row back in February. Oh. So uh, I, I would never hold that against you. I was flattered, in fact. Uh, she's very attractive. This is, the, this, is, this is why I'm the last guy interviewed because I, I don't know when to. Yeah, you know, yeah. Vinny stayed away. away, so he yeah. Vinny had no part of it, and I, I'll tell you though, I, I Siri, all serious, is such a huge fan of uh, of, of your vocals and, and your work. But um, let's talk about writing the Rock Vault because you're you're not with writing the Rock Vault anymore. Uh, just talk about that. I, what happened there? Uh, well, I was let go. They, they fired me. I have no idea. Wow. I really don't have a reason why. Yeah, I don't really, never got a reason, but, uh, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh in my opinion, just, I think the show's just run its course, you know, so, but I, you know, I don't wish them any ill, you know, or, or any, you know, I, I wish them nothing but success. I, you know, I did the show for six years and I worked for the company for about seven years. Um, so, you know, I was the first guy that they hired there, but I, I think, uh, I, I really don't know. Uh, there, there's, uh, been some issues, uh, down there with uh, you know the the venue the venue's going away in May so the show closes in May um, and uh, you know they, they've been late on some things and and it's just communication is poor and uh, I think that they just you know in my opinion they just need better management and they would probably do a lot better so. you, you did over a thousand shows with this outfit I've seen the show twice I, I, I was a huge fan of it I mean I, I took my friends I mean every time we were in Vegas it was a must a must go to and right. you know so it's kind of unfortunate you were such a huge part of that you I love Robin McCauley um, you know I love Paul Shortino, that kind of the triumvirate that you guys had going on, and all the various artists that came in and out of there—it's such a great concert. Sure. But it, every time I went, it seemed like you know the crowds kind of get smaller and smaller. I just—I don't know that it was promoted all that well. It always won a lot of awards, best in Vegas, and things like that. But I think that—I mean—I could kind of see some things going—I I don't know—down the toilet, for lack of a better term. You know, as the last time I saw it, so clearly something's not not right there, and that's that's unfortunate because you were a big part of that, and I loved—I loved all your vocals, even when yeah. you were hitting on my girlfriend. I loved all of it. Yeah, I mean, you you probably have it right. It is, you know, uh, and I'm glad you said it, you know. I would not disagree with uh, you what you said about it going down the toilet. I would definitely not disagree with that. I would I would not say it. <laughs> <laughs> You're just agreeing with I it. You're not saying it. You're just agreeing. Okay. I definitely I definitely don't disagree. So it, it's it's not you know, uh promotion has always been in question. Uh you know, management, I can't stress enough, you know, management and uh and the uh, you know, the production of it, you know, uh, people who are in charge definitely just are losing the plot. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's my, that's just my opinion. You know what I mean? I, they, they could go on for another 20 years and, and, you know, hopefully they will, you know, cause it's, there's a lot of people who have been doing it since day one, you know, uh, Robin and Paul and I were the, the OG singers on the show. And, and, uh, and I think I was just low man on the totem pole and, and, uh, you know, examples needed to be made, 
you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's quite an example because, no, I'm not going back. So, I mean, yeah, hey, I love yeah. Todd Kearns. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. I, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I love Todd, too. Todd's fantastic. Todd's a good friend. And, you know, I got Todd a gig there. I got a lot of people there gigs there. I got Rona's gig there. I got a lot of people there gigs. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, that's cool. They they, uh, they continue on with it because it's it's a good gig in town. And, and it, it was the positive of it is, you know, I got to stay home for a good six years in my son's formative years, you know, so, uh, you know, I've been home since he was born till he's nine now, so it's going to be 10 this year, next year, and, uh, you know, so it's uh, it's good, so I can start going back on the road now, you know, it, I kept the presence up with it, and, and uh, we had a great time doing it, it was, a, it was a great run, you know, you can't ask for a better run. You know, for a for a show like that, especially in Vegas, because the shows out here can come and go. They're they're in and out, and you know, in a few months, sometimes, sometimes they they spend a bunch of money on the rehearsals and they can't even open the show because they ran out of money before the show starts. You know, but, Unbelievable the but, competition yeah. and every yeah, absolutely. And it was yeah. it was cool at the Tropicana. It was cool at the Hard Rock. I'm glad I got to glad I got to do it, and glad you were a part of that, man, because it was a, you were yeah, a huge part you, of it, absolutely. And but you know, we got to talk about more pressing issues because obviously, you know, last in line, so much. Hype, a lot of things coming out whenever the, the video came out for Landslide. The, it, a lot of p- great p- positive, um, you know, uh, messages coming out from that. This, this, I'm a huge fan of the song. I loved Heavy Crown. I love Jeff Pilsen, who another, uh, you, you know what? Jeff Pilsen, who produced Heavy Crown and Last in Line 2, he is now the most tenured guest on this show. He's been on this show five times. I'm not kidding. Oh, so, yeah. So yeah. Jeff Pilsen produced both albums. It comes out February 22nd. Let's talk about it. Uh, Last in Line 2 is about to hit us over the head, man, in just a couple months. Yeah, well, Jeff. Jeff was um, a little less involved on this one. He was. Okay. Uh, he did about. Uh, he did. I'd say just a little more than half of the album, but you know, basic tracks and stuff. But I did a lot of the recording here uh, in uh, at home again. You know, I did, did probably did half of it at his place and then half of it here. A lot of the overdubs and you know some of the things, some of the fixes I did here because just our schedule just didn't line up. You know, this time. So, um, but it's a it's a co-produced thing. It's Jeff and the band produced this one. So. Um, uh, so, but you know, it's still it's still the same, you know, attack and you know the same concept, the same you know chemistry in, in the mix on it. So uh, it's uh, my you know minus Jimmy, of course, but Phil, it's it's Phil doesn't miss a beat. You know, it's it's fantastic having Phil because Phil's a you know just he's a he's another you know Renaissance man. You know, he just he, he's a fantastic recording engineer. He's a great producer. He's a great songwriter. You know, so we you know we hit the jackpot with. Uh, with getting him in the band as well, you know, because we weren't think, we were thinking we weren't going to continue on, you know, what I mean? wow. Jimmy passed. So yeah, that's yeah. Um, been two like two years ago almost uh, that Jimmy Bain passed away, and actually, the, yeah. th- this podcast won't air until after the new year, but uh, as of now, it's uh, you know we're we're here and right before Christmas, and uh, Jimmy yep. Bain's birthday was j- just yesterday. He would have been been seventy one. I mean, what a right. what a loss that was. I know you've always had good things to say about him and what that that project last in line when it started in two thousand twelve, like that really it like had his name written all over it. Like Jimmy Bain is such a huge part of the Dio legacy and it's just really a shame, you know? Oh, I agree. I agree. I mean, it, you know, it couldn't have happened in a better place because we definitely were able to give him the proper send off, you know, with a good audience and, and, uh, we had a nice memorial service for him, but, uh, but yeah, he was, he was a big, big part of the, you know, the whole process and, and just the chemistry of that band, you know, that's, uh, but, uh, you know, um, we we move onward and upward and, and uh you know phil comes from the same sort of place it's we have the same dynamic he's from that era you know he he has um he has been playing with uh with uh Vinny on and off for you know for years now and, and i played with him 
uh, in Vegas, and we did some sessions together before, um, you know, the Vegas stuff, and, and um, you know, it, it's 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 a good transition, and he and Jimmy and, uh, and him were friends, um, and, you know, lived together back in the day, from, you know, when, when Phil came over to the U.S. to play with Ozzy, so, you know, there's... Uh, there's a chemistry and there's a history, so it, it, it kind of it just fit. You know, we had a few guys come in and audition, and and you know Phil was just the best candidate for the job. You know, he just he fit right in. So well, right uh, in the place. Another cool thing about this is we had Vivian on over the summer when Def Leppard and Journey were touring, touring together. One of the biggest uh, tours in the last decade it wound up being. And for Vivian, I think this is awesome because he, he you know, he kind of opened up and said this was uh, kind of therapeutic for him doing this, going back, revisiting the early Dio albums and revisiting this music really was such a great thing for him, you know, spiritually to be able to go back and, he, and in his words to play heavy, angry rock again. That was so key for him yeah. and to play this music. I mean, it's, adding Vivian to this is, I mean, it's huge. I mean, he's just such a great guitarist and to have him back, you know, kind of, and he said it, this is his way, you know, he and Ronnie had some problems that kind of, you know, made amends through this deal, uh, you know, spiritually, yeah. if you will. So cool thing, man. I love, you know, Vivian, great guy and great guitarist, no doubt. I, I think he's just sick of making money. Like, he's just made so much money. He's just yeah. tired of doing that. It's a rough I mean, gig there in Def Leppard. It is rough. It is, it is rough. The millions of dollars and all the, the, the private jets and all that stuff. I can see that whether you get tired of that, you know? Well, <laughs> it's, it's okay because guess what? Um, you guys are heading to, if, if he's tired of that, if he's tired of baseball stadiums, which I saw him, uh, Def Leppard journey at the, the Cardinals baseball stadium here, uh, Bush Stadium. Yeah. Uh, he's going to get to go to the Ritz in San Jose, California, because that's where your tour will begin, uh, January 17th yeah. coming up here. Um, this yes, is big. Sir. You guys have so much material now to draw upon. Uh, what's this set going to look like? You know, no, no specifics needed or anything, uh, unless you want to just tell me and tell everybody. We'll get it out of the way. Uh, what's the, You guys got a lot of original material. How's this going to look like sprinkling in kind of some Dio songs with with some great al- uh, songs from these two albums. I mean, how's, how are you guys going to do this? Yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a, of a you know, a, a balancing act, you know. Uh, we uh, are definitely going to do the sing- some of the singles off a new record. Uh, we have, you know, Landslide is um, is out, so we'll definitely be doing that. And, and uh, we have another one called You're the Gun coming out in uh, probably a couple weeks. Um, and then there will be another one um, called Black Out the Sun. That's another one that's going to be coming out. Um, so we'll have those three out. By the time we hit the road, uh, we'll have probably have two singles out. So we'll definitely do those two. And uh, we're just trying to figure out what the back catalog that we want to do from, you know, um, the, D- the deal catalog. And we try to do it over email. Then we get, we have an idea, and then we get to the set, and we're just like, there's no way we can't put that in there. You know, like, how do you, there's, you know, some of the deal stuff, We it would be a disservice, I think, to the fans for, you know, them not to do it, you know, so they're, they're always going to hear We Rock, and you're always going to hear, you know, Rainbow in the Dark, and, and, you know, the bigger songs, but we also like to do some of the B stuff, too, because you don't hear that stuff anymore, you know, so, so stuff like I Speed at Night, and, and, you know, Shame on the Night, and, and uh, you know, I, all the I fools, all the fool, all the fools sailed away, I'm just throwing some out, I mean, Andrew, you can take it, the advice if you want, but... <laughs> yeah, all, all the fools sail away. Yeah. That's isn't that a that's a later song, isn't it? Yeah, that well, that was on um, not Sacred Heart, but after Sacred Heart, that was um, I was yeah, yeah, it was it was on the ni- nineteen ninety album, yeah, that, but yeah, so, yeah, we we don't do anything that Vivian didn't play on. We play oh, I gotcha. Everything that yeah, we do. Uh, we only do the stuff that they they wrote. You know, there's even been times I've suggested something. They're like, no, nah, we that was a Ronnie song. We don't we don't we don't want to do that one. So they want to do. 
you know, that that's the idea, and I think that's what separates these guys from that tribute band moniker, you know, they always seem to get, because, which I think is, is ridiculous, because they're the original guys, you know, if you, you want to know what the D.O. sound is, it's Vinny and Vivian, that's the D.O. sound, you know, so, um, all of that original stuff, we, you know, we don't even do stuff off of Sacred Heart half the time, because they just don't like it, you know, they don't like the record, they don't like the, you know, the, it seems like they don't like the, um, the feeling they get when they have to, you know, revisit some of these tunes, you know, because they, you know, they just don't happen. And, uh, you know, we did at one point, we did, um, uh, uh, what is that song? King of Rock and Roll and, yeah. and the song Sacred and Sacred Heart. And as soon as we had the new, our record, we stopped, we dropped, those were the first to get dropped from the set. So, um, so, you know, it'll be stuff off the first two records if I can twist their arm and get them to do something, you know, <laughs> something deep off of one of those records. Because I like the Sacred Heart record, you know, those two songs I, I mentioned. I do too, yeah. Like, are great and I think they, they, they are high energy like King of Rock and Roll is high energy and it's great in the set and we need more of that stuff we have a lot of mid-tempo stuff that you know comes out because that's just what they naturally do so definitely it's more fun to do some of the higher injury stuff so I think we should switch it out you know instead of just having you know walk in this is the set list that we do every night I would definitely like to swap out some of the deal classics with you know um with uh, what they do you know with, with what we do what we have you know but of course I, I definitely like to do more of our our new material because we have like you know 22 23 songs now yeah. on the two records so you know 24 Absolutely. I don't know what the number is but you know it could uh, we'll see you know there's discussions going on and, and there's no's and yeses coming back and forth already right now over email <laughs> so um, <laughs> what's the pressure like for you because there to me there's there's a few singers that it's just, it's so hard to, to, to you know, kind of replicate or to, to pull off those songs. You do such a great job on, on, on these Dio songs, such a great job. Is there a pressure? You. you feel, I always feel like Ronnie James Dio, um, you know, there's just a few singers out there. Freddie Mercury, Adam Lambert, you know, has to tackle that every night. What, what's the pressure like for you kind of singing these songs? Oh my God. And Adam Lambert's fantastic. I know. Have you seen him? With yes. The it's oh my God, insane. Dude, he, and, and you know, and I think with, with that's a good example because you kind of got to get over, you know, the whole you know, like there's a new guy there, and, and Adam brings a whole different vibe to that gig, and, and I think it's you know I love Freddie Mercury, but I, I've never been I was never really a big Queen fan, but I, I really like Adam with Queen. I think he he brings a whole different persona to the gig. He he's definitely into changing his outfits for every song. He like he is a very flamboyant performer, and he's very you know. Uh, he's perfect for that gig you know he's perfect for a band called queen you know but <laughs> yeah. the difference between that and this is that we're not called dio you know we're new we, we we took a name from a song you know and i think to this day we still kind of regret that because it's you know we, now we're stuck with it you know because we never thought that it would go this far you know so um in the pressure anymore i, I don't really feel it anymore because i i kind of you know, I, I feel like after this record comes out, even more so, it's just going to establish this more as its own brand thing, its own brand name that has, you know, a back catalog of material that goes back, you know, um, you know, 30 years, and then some new material that, you know, stands up to that old material that, you know, when we do it live, you know, we do, you know, Devil and Me or, or Star Maker, you know, people are singing those songs and getting off on those songs as much as they do Rainbow or, you know, um, uh, or, you know, We Rock, you know, so it's, it's, uh, and if it doesn't work in the set, if it's kind of a downer, we pull it and try to we try something else out, you know, there's, there's been a couple times where, you know, we, we play a song off the record and it just didn't, it just didn't sit well. And, you know, there's deal songs that don't sit well in the set either. So, um, 
so you know, I don't, I don't really feel the pressure of, uh, you know, replacing anybody. You know, first couple shows maybe it was kind of a, you know, uh, kind of messed with me for a minute. But you know, once you get out there, you kind of flip a switch and and you just do your gig. And I don't try to sound like him. I don't try to, you know pull his vibe or, or, you know, oh, I can't wear this because it, it's not, it's not like, it's like this, you know, what would Jesus do sort of vibe, you know, <laughs> that people expect you to have, you know, it's like, what would Ronnie do in this situation? Like, I can't, I can't live like that. You know what I mean? I can't. And, and if, and if it gets to the point where they want me to be like that, then they're probably gonna have to find somebody new. Cause I, I can't, you know, I, I love writing music and I will go do nostalgia tours. I go sing for bands that, you know, have a back catalog already and don't have that stuff. And I'm very respectful to the tunes. I just try to, you know, I try to make them believable. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be like, you know, Steel Panther, who I love, you know, we'll put it out there. I love Steel Panther, but I don't want to put on a wig and, you know, put on some fake outfit and, and, and do a shtick. You know, I, I'm a rock and roll guy. I, I love to play music and anything I put myself into, I, you know, I give 110%, you know, and I try to make it, you know, believable to the fans. If not, you know, good enough or just as good or you know good but different or better you know what i mean so um and, and not in, in no way saying i'm better than the man himself but you know i i do my best to, to make it you know believable for everybody and mostly you know for myself you know and for the guys too you know because yeah. if it doesn't you know if they're not feeling it and they're not getting off on it then it's just why do it why bother doing it because there's there's no fucking money in this you know what i mean there's no money in this so why you know, we're not killing it. We're not buying houses and flying on private jets and, you know, doing all the stuff that everybody accuses us of doing, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just about, you know, playing music and, and having fun doing it, you know. And, and uh, you know, I certainly support myself, but I don't, you know, I'm, you know, I'm middle class by, uh, <laughs> by all means. Well, okay, so um, I always feel like in the media and I'm trying – to not be this person. I think that, um, sites like, you know, like blabbermouth, um, kind of perpetuates a lot of clickbait type of stuff. Do, do you feel that there is that the, the media maybe fabricated some kind of a rivalry between, um, last in line and, and Dio disciples? Or is that real? Is there real feelings there? Um, I don't think it's a fabricated thing. Okay. I, I think that, you know, um, you know, people get into interviews and they speak their mind or they speak, you know, what their management wants them to say. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, we have personal experiences with each other and, and, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, it's, it's, it's clickbait, you know, a lot of right. times, like if you put that, you know, Vivian and Goldie are, are arguing again or talking about each other again, it's, it's, uh, it's, um, it's, you're going to get a certain amount of clicks on that, you know? Uh, there's a, there's a few hundred or thousand people who would want to read that. You know, I know I definitely read it, you know, before when I was a fan. Um, but you know, you know Craig and, 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 uh, and Vinny play together a lot. I've done gigs with Craig, you know, I've done gigs with Rudy and, you know, Vinny, I've done gigs with Rudy Craig and, and, uh, you know, and, and, uh, there's, there's a couple guys in that camp that are, uh, are dicks. There's a couple guys in that camp that are dicks. And, and, uh, to put it blunt, bluntly, but there's a, there's a few guys in that camp that are really cool, you know? And, uh, and, uh, personally I've been affected by it because I've been told that I'm not, you know, I would, that we can't use you because you are, you know, you're playing with Vivian, you know, which I find it, but that comes from a, you know, that's come, doesn't come from 
the band guys, you know, that comes from other places. So, um, you know, uh, and it happened at Rock Vault once too, where they, they told me I wasn't going to be able to do a gig because it was, uh, because I played with Vivian. I was just like, okay, but you know, Vinny and, and, and Jimmy and, and, uh, and Phil, you know, they, they have no problem going, you know, Vinny will go out and play with disciples from time to time. And, you know, uh, sit in or, you know, he's still friendly with that whole crew. And, but, you know, I've had uh, a couple of experience with a couple of people and, and I, I don't, uh, you know, I'm a realist, so I'm, I'm not going to talk about you in the press. I'm going right. <laughs> to beat your ass. I'm going to knock you out. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? well and like you, you said, know. this is not about them because I think that maybe a lot of, you know, a lot of just the clickbaity stuff that I read, is it's kind of about the money for you guys. Like you said, it's, it's clearly not. It's clearly not. No, it's clearly not for us. And I mean, I don't know what they're making, but you know, I'm sure it's not much different than what what our guarantees are. You know, but the difference between the two is that you know we're not depending on you know the Rainbow catalog and the Black Sabbath catalog and the and the the majority of the Dio catalog. You know, even though Vinny played on most of the Dio catalog, he played on the on Ronnie's Black Sabbath catalog. Jimmy played on the Rainbow catalog and the Dio catalog. So you know, there's there's a little more you know. You know when Jim when when Vinny plays Mob Rules, it, it makes sense. You know what I mean? When <laughs> yeah, you know, when Jimmy played, you know, when Jimmy played, you know, uh, uh, um, what's the song called? Um, Star Maker or not Star Maker? Uh, with Star <laughs> Stargazer. The other no. Stargazer. I'm yeah. sorry, I get confused. So when he said when he, you know played on Stargazer, it makes sense. You know because he was in Rainbow. You know he he got thrown out of Rainbow for partying too hard. You know so like these guys they're the real guys. You know and and. Uh, I think that's the difference, you know, this band is the evolution of those bands, you know, it, it uh, uh, you know, and, and when Vivian, Vivian did, played in Whitesnake and, you know, with Coverdale, who was a big purple singer, so these guys are, you know, not, not slagging any of their, their, you know, um, their pedigrees, you know, but it, it's, this, the pedigree of these guys, of, of our band is, is, you know, the original guys who played on these tunes, so, and we don't, you know, I, I see it coming a lot more from them than I see it from anybody else, and I've really kind of stayed quiet on it because it's not my fight. I don't, I don't really give a crap about any of it. You know, I don't give a shit. So it's, it's. Uh, um, but I do, I do, I definitely don't like it when it affects my work. Sure, people don't want to hire me because I play with you know a guitar player from one of the top grossing bands in rock history. Like, don't tell me you wouldn't do it if the gig came to you. You know what I mean? Like. I'm playing with a guitar player from Def Leppard. Well, you know I mean, that's how I look at it. Yeah, not know? only and that, can, but Vivian is, and, is a super know, nice and guy. Honestly, but, and, and honestly, like, screw last in line. I love doing the band, but I, if I want to, you know, my kids to to eat and, and live better and I want to stay in music, then I need to move on to other things. You know what I mean? So um, so the whole deal argument for me is, is just, it's just moot to me. I don't give a shit about it anymore, you know, because I don't, the second it pops up, I'm out. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm the conversation because I don't, I don't care, dude. I don't care. The whole you know thing I mean? too is Vivian's been on this show. He's one of the nicest people we've ever talked to ever. And I, I mean, right. that's just that's just the case. And you know, that's uh, from the media side, stuff happens. Rock's a crazy business, but I mean, I guess the real question yeah. is, will a rivalry emerge with the Dio hologram? I mean, that's really what the question. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we've got a pay per view fist fight with the Dio hologram. I mean, that that could really be something coming up here. A rivalry there that could yeah. be the real rivalry going forward. But uh, I don't, I don't hey. think so. I think there's a market for everything, dude. I think there's, I think that band has fans, and you know, people love those guys. You know, people love Goldie and they love Simon, and and, and uh, you know, and 
there, there's a market for them to be on the road and, and to do, they do things that we don't do. So I, I can see why people would want to go see them. I can see why people would want to see a, a, a Dio hologram because it's, it's something different and uh you know and why not you know there's a there's been a michael jackson hologram here in vegas for you know for longer than i've been here and, and uh you know they did the tupac hologram years ago and, and that was really cool too i just you know it's how many times are you going to see it that's the thing you know and um and it's a uh it's kind of a you know i don't know it's, it's not him dancing around on there it's not him it's not his body dancing around it's somebody else you know and uh but it's his face, you sure. know what I mean? So it's, uh, you know, it, it, yeah. Well, <laughs> so I, I, I don't know, you know, it's, 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 it's in the eye of the it's, it's whatever you want to do, you know, it's I, whatever. If somebody wants to go see that, that's cool. I, I go see it. Uh, me too, and I, I would. Jeff yeah. Pilsen on this show said that he thinks Ronnie would be a huge fan. He said Ronnie was, like, huge in the oh, technology yeah. and that he, you know, absolutely, uh, you know, would have loved to, to have seen it, so... That's that's cool. There's room for everybody in this wonderful world of uh, yeah, heavy metal, I mean, man. That's all. That's all that matters. I, I, mean, I don't mean to slag it. I'm not trying to slag it at right. all. I mean, he'd be very well made. I, I I didn't know the man, so I couldn't tell you what he would, you know, what he would think or what he would feel, you know. So I didn't I didn't really know the guy. So I I only know the guys that he played with. So I can only go off of what they tell me. So, but uh, we don't really talk about it that much. You know, right, it doesn't right. really come up in conversation because we're not. It's it's not. Um, it's not even on our radar. We don't. We don't go. Oh no, we can't. We're not going to be able to do things because the Ronnie hologram's coming down. So that's going to ruin us. Like, hey, well, whatever. You, you guys are. This <laughs> is a. Luck, no, this is a legitimate band that people are going to want to come see these songs from these uh, two just tremendous albums, uh, Heavy Crown and now Last in Line Two. It comes out February twenty second. You can go to the website lastinlineofficial.com. You can pre-order it now. There's some cool bundles you can order it uh, you can pre-order it for just in time for christmas um i'm telling you what i'm just such a huge fan of what you guys do andrew and um the only thing is we're gonna have to Thanks, get man. this we're gonna have to get this band to the midwest one of these times where i'm gonna have to get back to vegas one of the two and uh out on the west coast i know you guys are gonna be on the west coast a lot um on this tour so man best of luck this is gonna be awesome and we just i just always look forward to anything that uh, you do and such uh you know good friends of the shows with uh, the rest of the guys in the band so glad we were finally able to make this happen man have a great holiday and let's uh let's catch up soon i'll hopefully catch up with you on this tour somewhere man yeah sounds good man hopefully we'll make it out to you let's do it um andrew freeman can't thank you enough again the website lastinlineofficial.com um you can go to uh andrew is uh, twitter at andrew freeman music it's all there all uh, all there for uh, for for the eye if you want to send some uh, p- feedback positive or otherwise uh, that's uh, that's how you get hold of andrew so we always like to make sure yeah, we cool, let people know how to send hate mail to our guests so enjoy yeah, <laughs> yeah send away send hey away. thanks a lot andrew have a great <laughs> christmas my friend right, thank you bro. Talk thank you, you. That was tremendous to uh, catch up with Andrew Freeman. Uh, you can go to the website lastinlineofficial.com. You can get uh, information on the new album, which hits February 22nd. And you can also check him out um, on tour. Of course, uh, that, that tour starts here coming up on Thursday, January 17th in San Jose. And they've got several dates booked that it's going to lead them all the way through uh, the winter and down into the spring. So hoping to see a lot more from Last In Line. And now we want to go ahead and transition to our next interview. It is Cody Hansen, drummer, founding member of Hinder. Cody, welcome to the Music Mania Podcast, my friend. How is everything going with you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you? Well, we're doing awesome. I really appreciate you joining us. I know your schedule's crazy. I know things are busy. We're just a few days before Christmas here, my man. But how's everything going? What's been up? 
Man, everything's going great. Can't complain too much, you know, just uh, getting everything geared up and ready to uh, release a new single. So we've been working on that pretty much every day. So we're uh, we're getting close. Well, let's let's start there. What uh, what do you have planned? When when uh, do you think this will be out? And then, um, you know, when can we expect uh, the new album? I know this, you guys have been writing on this for quite a while. This has got to be a lot of excitement for you guys right now. What What's kind of the timetable on some of this stuff? Uh, we're, uh, we're looking at uh, releasing the first single. Um Probably right before our tour. Um, yeah. You know, our, our, our tour starts on January 31st, and uh, hopefully the uh, the week before that we'll have a single out. So, like I said, we've been working on this for a while, and you know, we're excited. We're ready for, for people to hear it. It's absolutely, and uh, the things that you guys have been doing, and the, the, the momentum you guys are regaining as a band, you know, with uh, Marshall Dutton as singer, it's it's truly awesome. And, and it, actually, this tour is going to start here in Kansas City, uh, Miriam, Kansas, right outside of Kansas City here on uh, January thirty first. So we'll have you guys here. This is where the tour with uh, Soil, uh, the Lucky Seven tour, starts right here, man. We're we're glad to have you. This is going to be great. Yeah, we're we're super excited. We always love getting up to that area, and um, you know, we have a lot of. A lot of friends that we've made over the years up there, and uh, it's always a great time. Always, The crowds are always awesome, and uh, we're always excited to get back. Well, absolutely, and you know, I guess we could lump in Oklahoma and Missouri, and we'll just lump all that into the Midwest. We'll just say Midwest, for lack of a better term. we we got to stick together, you know. Oklahoma, you guys are an Oklahoma band. Um you know, I don't. I don't know if uh, you're a football fan. You got your Sooners or in the college football playoff. I mean, life's good down in Oklahoma. If you're if you're a fan of the Oklahoma Sooners, anyway. Yeah, it's good. Uh, it's good for now. We'll, we'll see how the game goes. I'm not right. gonna lie. We, uh, we're a little bit more uh, nervous than than you know most of uh, well, I guess the, the other two teams would probably be. You know, Alabama is well. Alabama is Alabama. Yeah. So I, I, really, you don't really have to explain any more than that. You're right. Nick Saban doesn't strike me as the guy that gets nervous about much of anything in Alabama. That's going to be a great <laughs> matchup. But I, I tell you what, my the last time I saw you guys, um, this is this is what's kind of crazy is because uh, I've always appreciated what Hinder is, what you guys are as a band. And I saw you guys, uh, it was at the Buffalo Run down in Miami, Oklahoma, with uh, you guys were opening for Motley Crue. What a freaking just oh. insane crowd. It was right before they started their farewell, t- farewell tour. You guys were kind of between singers. I think you had a... Um, had someone come in for just a few shows during that, but what a great show that was, and that must have been awesome. Just open for for Motley before they uh, before they ended things, really. Yeah, yeah, we, we actually we had the uh, the opportunity to do a proper tour with them. Um, I don't remember what year that was, but um, you know we had a, had a great time back then. And then you know, like you said, um, that show round right there was was special to be able to do it. Um, you know, so close to our our hometown. So uh, it was it was definitely cool. But you know, now I've heard they're back in the studio, so it looks like that may not have been the farewell tour after all. <laughs> well, we all believed it would be. I mean, they, they signed contracts, right? We thought that would be it. I mean. Kiss is on their farewell tour. Ozzy Osbourne's on his. I mean, these bands are all just going to go quietly into the sunset, right? This never they never restart anything, or that never happens, right? right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> which right. I don't. Which <laughs> hey, I'm fine when they do it, to be honest, because I need more of those bands in my life. The more good hard rock bands are out there, the better for sure. Um, Got to ask you about your your last album, um, Cody. The rain. Um, I feel like this album is so vastly underrated. I cannot stress enough. Like it's one of those deals that. Um, back when it was released in 17, I didn't even know it was out and I, I kind of came across it. I was like, what in the hell is that? Like, it was insane good. Like, I'm still just, you guys have a lot to live up to on this next one, but talk about The Rain. You released it, I believe, in, in uh, Best Buy exclusive. 
uh, back back in 17. What's been the reception like on that? And, you know, kind of what are you, are you hoping to build off that? Because that album's so good. Well, thanks. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, actually that, we, you know, to us, that's one of our, our favorite albums um, that we've put out. Um, you know, we felt like it probably didn't um, get the attention that, that we thought it deserved and that we had hoped for. Um, but, you know, with the current state of, of rock music in general and the, and the state of, of labels, you really never know what's going to happen, um, you know, when you when you put new music out and you, you leave it in other people's hands. Um, so, you know, we, we were a little, a little bit disappointed with how it played out, um, but that's okay, you know. Um, on this new one, we're... Uh, we're looking at some different options right now and how we're going to be releasing it, but we're we're, we're uh, looking at, at kind of setting things up on our own and, and doing things uh, a little more independently and, and, and having some control over over what happens. So it'll be our first time to, to give that a shot, um, and uh, we're we're really excited about it. So you know, we, we think the the music is really strong, and uh, you know, there are no rules this time. So, I, um, we're, we're ready. Just as it should be, my friend. What, uh, I mean, Marshall Dutton, talk about him as a singer, because I think that, at, at least, you know, from from a media member's point of view, that when, when Hinder was kind of going through the, the singer shakeups, it was kind of like, you know, what's what are they going to do? Is this kind of, is this it for them? Are they going to find someone and really solidify this? You guys have, have done that with Marshall Dutton. Talk about him, what he brings to the band, and, and you know, just how, how important it is to have him solidified and as you guys go forward. Well, you know, you can't really, you know, talk about Marshall as, as just a singer. You know, he's, he's so much more to us um, in the band and, and has has been, you know, a huge part um, of the band for so many years. Um, you know, before he was the singer, um, you know, for several years, he was, he was, he was a, a co-producer, he was a co-writer, um, you know, a lot of, I would say 98% of the times he was seeing the original uh, demos of all the songs before we actually, um, you know, went into the to the studio and recorded properly. So, um, you know, we just we we all have have worked so well together, and he's such a musical guy and has a ton of musical knowledge. Um, and to be honest, I mean, we we rely on him heavily, and uh, we have for for a long time, and. Uh, you know, I, I work with, with him, you know, almost every day outside of Tinder as well. Um, you know, we have a production company together, so we, you know, we write music for other people, we produce other artists, and uh, I, I don't know, I, I feel extremely lucky to, to get to, you know, be around him and, and learn from him on a daily basis. Um, everything there is to know about music, you know, it's, it's, it's he's very, very impressive. Um, you know, I feel like one thing that a lot of people should know is he's probably one of the best guitar players out there. And, and uh, he's a, a phenomenal piano player as well. He's just, he's so talented. It's, it's insane. Well, I mean, you guys, you're one of the founding members. I mean, you started this thing, you know, with uh, Mark, you know, Mike, Joe. I mean, these, these, you guys really came out of, you just exploded onto the scene um, in 2005. Obviously, I mean, things must have just gotten insane because, I mean, here you guys, you're an Oklahoma band. You had some, um, you know, you'd done some work before that. You had Far From Close, but Extreme Behavior comes out in 2005. Talk about how that things just kind of changed for you guys. Because, like, once Get Stoned came out, it was, I mean, it was 
so huge in the explosion. I mean, things must have just got insane. And then, of course, Lips of an Angel, and it goes to number one. You guys sell, um, whatever, almost three million copies of this thing. Uh, what, what was life like? How did things change for you guys, other than just the zeros and the bank accounts, of course? <laughs> well, that part was definitely nice. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's really kind of hard to explain. You know, you go from from being a band who never really did a, a proper tour. You know, we kind of kept everything um, really close in the early days around Oklahoma City, just trying to build, um, you know, just trying to build this one market. And, um, you know, all of a sudden we went from that to, to being out on the road. And, uh, you know, I think our, our first uh, proper tour, um, we were we were first, the first band on the bill, first of three, opening for uh, Theory of a Dead Man and Submerged was during support and then us. And, uh, you know, we were out there just, just being kids, you know, just having a great time, living it up and, and doing our best to learn everything we could from, from those bands. And things happened so fast during that tour. Um, you know, Get Stone got so big so fast um, that by the end of it, we ended up closing the, we were closing the shows. Um, and to us, we just, we couldn't believe it. You know, it was, like I said, everything was just, just happening uh, at an insane rate, you know. Um, so then from there, um, it, it seemed like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't too much longer and we were, we were out headlining, um, headlining arenas, you know, doing the Bad Boys of Rock tour with uh, Papa Roach and, and Buck Cherry um, playing before us, two bands that we've always looked up to and been huge fans of. Um, so it was, yeah, it was, it was an insane, insane ride, you know. Um, it's definitely an experience that, um, that we were lucky to have and that, that most people would, would dream of. I, you know, it's so funny because I love to think about just memories or things that happened to me when I heard a song. I want to talk to you about uh, Lips of an Angel um, because it's one of those deals. I remember like the first time I ever heard it, like this this girl I was dating loved the song and like I, I hated it because it was it seemed kind of like a song about cheating and she was kind of a cheater. And I just, that just like etched in my mind forever. Like the, this, this song and this girl was, just, I love this song, Lips of an Angel. Like, I hate it and I hate you. Um, and so, you know, my, my point to that being like, it was such a huge song. And it, I mean, you guys, it just, do you feel like it, it was a double-edged sword at all? Because I feel like, that you guys went on to do some awesome albums, a lot of heavy stuff, a lot of stuff that to me reminds me of just kind of like eighties driving hard rock. You guys did some great albums. Take it to the limit was really good. Follow up all American nightmare. But do you feel like that there was a, a backlash, a double edged sword from lips of an angel that, that you weren't able to expose yourself to more people because, because of that song? Uh, yeah, I absolutely do feel that way. Um, you know, I, I feel, and I've always felt like this, that, um, you know, Lips of an Angel was a great song because I feel like it, it, it you know, so many people could relate to it on both sides of that situation. Um, but I, I feel like it was, wasn't even close to being, you know, our, our best song or right. even one of our best songs. Um, but the song just got so big, so fast, um, you know, that I, I feel like, you know, <laughs> People just kind of, when they think of Hinder, they think of that song, and it just got, you know, shoved down their throats to the point that now a lot of people, when they hear hear, hear the word Hinder, you know, you kind of get an eye roll sometimes. Um, you know, I think that 
the same thing happens with with Nickelback. I'll you know use them as an example. I think that that Chad is you know one of the the most underrated songwriters you know out there, and uh, I think you know they that that's another example. It just got so big so fast that you know people just kind of got tired of it. So yeah, it's definitely. Uh, you know, definitely a double-edged sword, but at the same time, it's hard. It's hard to get, you know, <laughs> too upset. Right. You know, the, the, the song, the song paid for the house that I'm sitting in. You know, so <laughs> well, I, I can't complain. Too. Th- this is so interesting because Hinder is such an in- uh, interesting dichotomy of a band. You know, that that blew up right and had. I mean, but. Also, I think kind of unfairly, and I and I, you know, I think that a lot of these are, are great bands. You'd mentioned Nickelback. I think Hinder got kind of lumped in with, you know, a lot of that was going on at the time. Theory of a Dead Man, Rev Theory, and Breaking Benjamin, and a lot of bands that were good, had a lot of good followings, did a lot of big tours. But here's the thing: like, I don't think a lot of people, including me at the time, to be honest, because you know, maybe because of that, didn't delve into the catalog and realize that. I mean, you guys had some great stuff really great hard rock melodic hard rock songs that that blew away anything else that was going on and i think that's the unfortunate thing because take it to the limit all american nightmare even welcome to the freak show had some just great stuff on like you said listen of an angel not close to your best song i think your best songs were probably on those albums there which is crazy yeah i, I, I would agree with that you know and i think you know and i i i honestly think the same thing happened with 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 nickelback um and you know, I think the, the unfortunate part about that is is when you know you don't you don't get people listening to the deep album cuts as much because you know as a result of of, of what we were just talking about. Um, I don't know. You kind of just get you kind of get lost and kind of start chasing um, what you think other people may want to hear. You know, you may start chasing what. Um, you know, other bands are having success with at radio, for example. And so, you know, when I when I listen to um, the new, you know, newer Nickelback stuff, for example, it's kind of gotten away from the things that I loved about that band. It's kind of gotten, um, uh, it's, it's definitely gotten heavier, but it also feels a little forced. And, yeah. You know, if I'm going to be really honest, um, there have been times that, that we've done the same thing. You know, we're extremely guilty of it. Um, you know, we, while we love what we do, um, we love, you know, um, we love music of all types, but you, you know, you do, we do this as a job and you want it to be successful and you want the fans more than anything. You want the fans to love what you're putting out. So as a songwriter, you do find yourself trying to chase, um, you know, chase a specific sound or style and, and, what you think other people are going to love and it, it, it ends up hurting you. Absolutely. That's so well said. And, you know, I'm absolutely in no way Cody asking you to, uh, to, to bad mouth anyone or, you know, provide any blabber mouth clickbait as I always call it. But how much of the struggles, I mean, uh, after the, um, you know, after extreme behavior comes out, you guys go on to release, uh, take it to the limit, all American nightmare. And by welcome to the freak show, it was obvious that things were unraveling, uh, with your singer, um, Austin Winkler, what, how much of a toll did that take kind of on the band? And then I guess to leading us to now with, with what Marshall's providing, I know you, you know, you had some, uh, guys coming in and out there for a while. What, what, Talk about that, the, how much that affected you guys, and then to have that now, to not not have to deal with that now and have this, 
have Marshall and ha- have it solidified. It's got to be a big difference. Yeah, you know what? To be to be really honest with you, it was completely heartbreaking. Um, wow. You know, I was uh, for, for myself. You know, I I, I think um, you know it probably hit me the hardest. Um, just because we, I, you know, we spent more time um, together out doing songwriting sessions and things like that. Um, I don't know, some of the other guys might argue with me on that, but, um, you know, like I said, it, it was definitely, it was definitely heartbreaking, you know, I think more, more so on a personal level than anything else. Um, you know, obviously you worry about, about your career, um, you know, you worry about being able to make a living, but the, the, the thing that, that hurt the most was, was all the personal stuff and the friendship lost. Um, not to mention, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the, the fans out there, um, I'll, I'll use fans in quotation marks here because, you know, you, you find out really quickly that, you know, people that aren't inside the situation that don't know anything about your situation will be really quick to, um, make up their mind and turn their back on you and, be extremely hateful um, and negative, and you know, after a while, that really starts to take a toll on you. Um, you know, there there have been several times when you know we just we would sit on the bus and just and just say, "Look, man, I I don't think we can do this anymore. I don't. It's not fun. Um, I just I don't know if I if I want to be a part of this. You know, and then." Something will happen the very next day, and, you know, it'll turn everything around, and you'll feel great again, and, you know, we just kind of found ways to, to keep pushing forward, and, uh, you know, and having having Marshall around, um, like I was saying earlier, is such a big deal to us, um, not only from everything I mentioned earlier from, you know, his, his talent, but the fact that he's such a great human being. Um, he's always positive. Um, you know, he's, he's intelligent and, uh, you know, he's, he's helped me for sure on a, on a personal level, um, you know, get through a lot of it. So, um, you know, now I feel like we're finally getting to a good, a good space mentally and, uh, you know, enjoying, enjoying what we do again. So, um, it's, it's a great feeling and, and we're super excited. That's, that's what it's all about. And I know, um, you know, you talked before about uh, bands trying to, to chase, you know, that radio hit and things like that. But I think that's what's great about where you guys are right now is because, you know, the, the, the landscape of the business has changed. I mean, you're, there's not a lot of pressure to chase radio hits anymore. Things are so different. I mean, just talk about how things have changed from 2005 when you sell 3 million copies of an album to to now. I mean, it, it is it is so different. Um I don't want to say, you know, in a worse way, it's certainly more convenient uh, to to be able to just stream an album on iTunes or Spotify or whatever. But, you know, that takes the pressure off. You kind of said earlier that it's good. It maybe allows you guys to be you more than anything. And that's got to have a level of importance, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. You know, I, I think we had we had kind of decided, um, you know, going into this to making this album, um, that we, we weren't gonna, we weren't going to even consider radio as a factor. Um, you know, we weren't planning on, um, things may have changed now <laughs> a little bit, but, um, when we were first starting to write, we weren't planning on even taking any of the new stuff to radio. 
um, you know, we were just gonna we were gonna ride it. We were gonna figure out um, some new ways, um, at least for us, some new ways to, to get our music out to our fans. And uh, we were just gonna do our best to enjoy the process and and you know be creative not only on the musical front but on the marketing front. Um, like I said, and, and try to try to find new ways to, to to get the music to to our fans, but also interact with them. So, I mean, that's definitely still still part of the plan. But um, yeah, it, it definitely um, it definitely changes things when you can take a, a new approach like that. You know, I feel like from a songwriting standpoint, some of these new songs are kind of kind of going back to you know the way the way we used to write. You know, when we were first kind of getting going. You know, just writing, writing songs that felt really good, um, that, that had really, uh, really great lyrical content. And, uh, you know, we weren't, we weren't so worried about maybe we should, you know, introduce these, you know, hip hop sounding drum loops here or some kind of crazy, um, you know, thing over here to make it sound more modern. You know, we weren't really worried about it as much. So, um, you know, some of the, some of the songs on the new the new album might have they might feel a little um, I don't want to say I don't know they, they may feel a little bit more like some of our earlier stuff um, and we're we're totally totally fine with that you know we just kind of want it to be us absolutely. Um, yes, definitely don't introduce any hip hop drum loops. There's enough of that in modern country. So we're good there. Um, (laughs) um, Cody, I tell you what, I'm so excited to have you guys here on January 31st. We'll definitely be out at the show. Um, cheering you guys on. I'm just really happy. This is a band that, I mean, you've have won me over to be honest over these years. You know, I'm a guy straight up. I mean, Sabbath, Priest, Maiden, Metallica, Motley Crue. That's what I grew up with. That's what I'm all about. And Hinder's a band that's that won me over, and I'm such a fan of what you guys do. Can't wait to have your have you guys here. Can't wait for the new album, guys. You can go to hindermusic.com to get all the information on the the tour. You got 14 shows running from the January 31st to to February 16th. So go check those shows out. Hindermusic.com. Cody, we can't thank you enough. Have a great Christmas. Hope you guys have a wonderful one, and we'll see you here in January, my friend. You too. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. Awesome show, awesome interview with Cody Hansen, Andrew Freeman. Thanks to both of these guys to helping us ring in the new year here on the Music Mania Podcast. It's only going to get bigger, better, and badder as we go on, guys, because as we come upon the end of the road, KISS Tour, the last tour we'll ever see from the rock icons known as KISS. We're going to be breaking it down. We're going to be talking about all things KISS in our last KISS podcast coming up next week with none other than former KISS guitarist, Bruce Kulick. He was in the band for 12 years, guys. Bruce is going to be coming in to talk about everything KISS, his inclusion on the KISS cruise, which just occurred a couple months ago, his thoughts on the tour, everything going forward. Will he be involved in some capacity? What members might be involved and involved in this thing going forward? We're going to talk to him about all of that. That's going to be a huge treat, an exclusive interview with former KISS guitarist Bruce Kulick. But can't thank Andrew Freeman. Can't thank Cody Hansen enough. Guys, you can always catch us on Twitter at MusicMania underscore show. Always appreciate you hitting that subscribe button on either iTunes or on Google Play. Our podcast is available on both services. So you, if you have a smartphone, you have this show. Subscribe to it. We thrive on that. We thrive on the interaction. Send us an email, MusicManiaPodcast at gmail.com. And as always, 
All of our info, all of our interviews and concert reviews that I do are archived on our website, musicmaniapodcast.com. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. Happy 2019, and we will catch you next week with our Last Kiss episode with Bruce Kulik.